Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. I want to read a few verses out of St. John chapter 15. I'm going to read from verse number 1 to about verse 7 as we do session 2 on potential. I want to remind you that potential is possibility. Potential is untapped ability. Potential is that ability that has not yet been utilized. So all of us have potential and all of us need to utilize our potential. Let us read from St. John chapter 15. Jesus himself speaking here, he said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman or the gardener. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taken away. So Again, every branch in me, in other words, I am the vine and you are the branches, so I am the source of the branch. So every branch that is connected to the source, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, or as we say, prune, and every branch that beareth fruit. That it may bring forth more fruit. So, from that verse, we are seeing that there are branches in him, according to what the verses, that don't bear fruit. And there are branches in him that bear fruit. So, just because you are in him, is no place of contentment to just say you are in him. He said, if you are in me, I expect you to go to the next level to bear fruit. Notice that it is the branches that bear fruit, which means you are a potential fruit bearer because you are a branch according to the verse. So as a branch, he is depending on you to fulfill your potential and bear fruit. Verse number three. Now we are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can he except he abide in me. Remember, he said he's the vine, so he said, you as the branch cannot fulfill your potential if you don't abide in him. So, the source of fulfilling our potential is to abide in the vine. And it was made very clear who is the vine from verse 1. He said, I am the vine. Next verse. I am the vine. 
you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. God is interested in much fruit. Just one victory that you had from 1998, and that's the only thing that you can celebrate in your walk with the Lord, not good enough. He wants you to bear much fruit, testimonies upon testimonies. For without me, you can do nothing. You really cannot produce fruit as a branch without me. That's what he is saying. So without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If he abide in me, and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will, it is a and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified. You bring glory to God. In other words, this is how you bring glory to God. That's what those lines are saying. This is how you bring glory to God. That you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciple. So you bring glory to God as a branch by fulfilling your potential and bearing much fruit. It's one thing to stand up and say, Lord, we give you glory, and here's a place for that. But the real way of really genuinely giving him glory is to become your potential, to bear fruit. And not just fruit, but much fruit. Much fruit. We have to kick in the zone of much fruit. Now, the concept of life on earth for human beings was never meant to be one that is on the same level for the duration of your time on earth. It was not meant to be up and down either. That was never God's desire that you're up this month, down next month. In fact, he said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So it was never God's intention that you're strong and weak, strong this season, weak next season, strong the next season, weak the next season, and weak the next season. No, that's not all God intended for it to be. He never intended that you be stable this year and be unstable next year and be stable the next year and be unstable the next year. He didn't intend that you would quit this season and then recommit next season and quit the next season and say, oh, you know, we're human beings and all of that, but I'm trying. No, that's not how God intended it to be at all as it relates to life for human beings on earth. This is not to say that every season is loaded with pleasantries. So what we're saying at all. But just because a season is tough, doesn't mean that it is bad. A tough season doesn't necessarily mean a bad season. So you might be saying, well, all of us have difficult times and times that are not so difficult just because the season is tough. It doesn't mean that it is bad. In fact, the season that Joseph spent in prison in the Old Testament, 
Jacob's son Joseph. That was a tough season, but it wasn't necessarily a bad season because it was the season that enabled the transition to being vice president of Egypt or the governor of Egypt. So that season was necessary because that transition needed to take place to fulfill its potential. So you might ask, but why couldn't it happen another way? Why did he have to go to prison? I can't answer all or give all the answers to that, but I can say that with the nature of the accusation that Mrs. Potiphar brought against him, prison, that particular prison that Joseph was in, was probably the safest place for him in Egypt. Because you have to remember now that there was no love lost between the Egyptians and the Israelites. So the nature of that accusation in the middle of the Egyptians of a Jewish man doing that, he could have been put up. He could have been there. So that was probably the safest place for him in Egypt. Also, Pharaoh's butler and baker, they had to finish learning their skill, develop themselves, Prove themselves because you don't become Pharaoh's, the king's butler and baker just because you can do something. You have to be among the best. So they had to prove themselves to get that job with Pharaoh and then mess up and be thrown into prison. So the whole thing was taking time for the other side of the coin, so to speak, to merge. Because everything needed to merge at the right time for Joseph to become the vice president of Egypt. So if those guys were in prison and dream and never had any connection with Pharaoh, then there's no way they would have known after they were released from prison to say, well, here is a man that could interpret your dream. That connection would not have been made at the right merge that taken place in the right time. So all, all I'm saying is that sometimes you're going through a season and you think nothing is, nothing is happening, but what you're not realizing is that what you're supposed to merge with coming from another direction have to arrive in the right time so that you can get the results that God intended for you to be. And sometimes some people can't wait and try to merge with something else. And if you do that, you get yourself in trouble. But the dynamics of life in the kingdom is that it should be getting better. It should be getting stronger. You should be growing into new levels of excellence and new levels of maturity each season. That's how God intended that you have life. And God is depending on you to do your part to make it happen. But I must say to you today that I am of the opinion most 
human beings and certainly many believers still have not grasped the concept of how to grow from one level in life to the next, how to become better as a human being, how to become more mature. As some people still believe that the longer you live, automatically the wiser you become and the better you become. And no, that's not necessarily true. You can meander around the same level for the rest of your life. And I believe also that the religions of the world are certainly made this problem a little bit more, even more difficult of going to new levels in God because their objectives many times don't merge with the objectives of God. Many times all religion wants is your allegiance to their philosophy. It's not about God, but your allegiance. Once they can get your following and improve their number and have presence, that's generally their objective. So it is important that we are very clear on how to go to new levels in God, how to move from one level to the next in terms of a higher level, and that will help us to develop our potential. Otherwise, you have the potential there and, and don't develop that potential. And you know that there are people that you could see out there with potential that is not even at the level of some other people. But the people on the level that see less actually have more success than those who seem to have more potential. It is about learning how to move from one level to the next. And sometimes we have to really step back, evaluate our lives, and ask ourselves that hard question. Am I better in what I do than 10 years ago? Do I still get upset easily over minor things? Or am I going to do that? Or do I really need to sit down and put some things in place to ensure that I'm not meandering around the same level. People don't grow to new levels of maturity in God. People don't develop their potential in God just by what I call virtual love for God. We're living in a season right now where a lot of what we do, meetings and all of that are virtual. So by virtual love, I mean when we have a real good praise and worship session like this morning and you lock in and feel the presence of God and who God has all of you in that session because something is connecting with you and you sing the song from your heart that because the environment is there for it and you connect with God but then you leave and don't talk to God again until next Sunday morning when you come 
or at least don't talk to them in a meaningful way again until next week. That's virtual love. Once you're on the radar, you're, you're loving it. You know, virtual love speaks so when you're sick and you really want to get well, and especially if the doctor's not giving you any good report, and you start locking and saying, God, I love you. Oh, I'm saying it a better way. You kiss up God to get well. You know, I love you, God. You know, you're so sweet. And we sing all them songs that it's virtual love. But the moment you get well, the people down the street can hear your voice when you curse. Or people are afraid when you're entering the office at work. It's virtual love. Jesus said, if a man love me, if a man really love me, he will keep my words. In other words, he is going to put my system, my word, to work in his life. If a man love me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him. And then he goes on to say, and we will come and make our abode in him. We will live in him. If he's living in you, then life is in you, and things are going to be there. So people go to new levels in life and develop their potential through principles, laws, and systems. That's what moves you from one level to the next. Principles, laws, systems. If there is no system in your life, and especially kingdom system, if you are not making yourself accountable to the laws and principles of the kingdom of God, you cannot truly develop your potential. You cannot go to new levels. Because that's the only mode of transportation to new levels of maturity. So if you're going to another country, there's probably one of three ways that you can get there. You do you go by air transportation, sea, or by road. If you are going to go to new levels in God, if you are going to deliver on your potential, it is going to happen simply by systems, laws, principles of the kingdom of God. That is why you have to learn the systems of the kingdom and put them to work to develop your potential. Some people don't want to be held accountable by any system. They want to do their thing, their way, in their time, and you will never grow to new levels of maturity that way, by doing your thing, your way, your time. You have to do the thing God's way by the principles of the kingdom. So committing to kingdom principles will mean adjustments because your way will have to conform to God's ways or you just have to get rid of your way of doing things. So it's going to take adjustments, sacrifices, and continuity. And those are things that 
some people don't want to be committed to. But it can't happen without that. So I know people from 40 years ago where potential, things that they have the ability to produce much fruit in that particular area was obvious in their life. Seen them recently and they're still at the same level. They're not grown to the place of developing their potential. And the thing is, that's where your real success is in life. That's why some of you have to work so hard and still don't get just reward for what you're capable of doing. Because your real success is in the area of your potential. So God is dependent on us. Developing your potential, as I said, requires a commitment to the right principles, not just to some principles. You have to commit to the right principles. The kind of principles that will move your potential forward, that will help you to deliver. Now, it's interesting that when Israel came out of Egypt, about three months, God called Moses and said, I need to talk to you in Mount Sinai. And Moses went up into Mount Sinai to have a meeting with God. And God gave him laws how Israel should live. Because Israel, or at least God's intention, was that Israel would go into another level, a higher level. He wanted to take them into Canaan. And the laws that he gave Moses by which they should live were the laws that were going to take them to the next level. That is why when that set of Israelites that were rebellious and would not respond to the law, they could not move from the wilderness. Because it is laws, systems, principles that takes you to new, to new level. So I want you to think about it. If you want to become a teacher and a certified teacher, then you are going to have to put some systems in place in your life because you're going to have to go to college. Either you're going to have to pay for it or get some sort of sponsorship. One way or the other, it has to be paid for. So you have to put the kind of systems in place that will take you to that level. You don't just wake up one morning and pray about it and then go into the classroom the next week. It's going to take time. It's going to take the right system. So you might be working and going to school in the evening, and that might have to go on for, for three years. Oh, yeah, there are some evenings that you really want to go home because you're tired. But guess what? You have a presentation that evening in your classes at school, and you have to go. But you have to be committed to the system in order to get the results. That's how you bear much fruit, how you become your potential. That's how you become all that God wants you to be. You have to be committed to the system 
the laws, the principles that can take you there. So there are some folks, some believers that are, are not committed to anything. In fact, I want to challenge you right now. What principle are you working on in your life in this season? We admit that all of us are not perfect. But what system are you presently, kingdom system, are you presently working on to become better? After 30 years of serving the Lord, there's some people who still don't understand the financial system of the kingdom of God. So they don't die. And they're not working on it to fix it. And it's not for the sake of the church getting more money. It is for your life so that abundance can flow in your life. It cannot happen if you ignore the kingdom system. In fact, the Bible says, if you don't respond to the kingdom system as it relates to finances, the devour will come and devour your, your stuff. What system are you working? Which one of you sat down and recognized that this is not where it ought to be in my life? And you're working on it. Now, Adam was the face of the human race at creation. He was what we would call the, the prototype of what a human being should be. And so when God breathed into Adam the breath of life, according to Genesis chapter 2, it was not just life as in mere existence where Adam was aware that he was on earth, but God also breathed into him potential, life as in potential. And I'm making this point to say, one, all of us have God-given potential. You might not discover them yet, but if you will commit to the kingdom system, you will discover your God-given potential. So, in that Genesis story, the Bible says in Genesis 1, verse 2, that darkness was upon the face of the deep. That word darkness means death, chaos, confusion. So, in other words, the face of the deep, the waters, the earth, did not have the ability to produce anything. Now, follow me carefully. After that statement is made where it's on the record that this thing was barren, infertile, the Bible says that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, moved or hovered over the face of the waters. So here comes the Holy Spirit hovering over the barren land, the barren deep, a thing that is infertile. And after that, the very same thing that was barren, God said, let the waters bring forth moving creatures. 
And it was so. After the Spirit of the Lord hovered over it, it started to produce. I mean, God enabled the faith, the Spirit of the Lord coming upon him, gave it the ability to produce moving creatures. Then the earth, after that, God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the same earth that was bad. How did that happen? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, moved upon the face of the earth, and the earth became further. So, if the Holy Spirit is upon your life, have anything to do with your life, that means ability is going to be in you. Potential is going to be there, because he will not leave you the same way that he found So, the same Holy Spirit that hovered over the face of the waters and caused the waters to produce moving creatures and the earth to produce grass and fruit-bearing trees and all that kind of stuff, it is the very same Spirit that God breathed into Adam and Adam became a living soul. This is the very same Holy Spirit. And Adam was a prototype of what all human beings should be. So the same spirit came upon all of us, which means that potential, because he's the God of potential. He, it's not like the Holy Spirit show up and leave a portion of what he has or a portion of who he is because it is dependent on who he's going to be. No, when the Holy Spirit comes and comes upon you, ability is going to be there. That's the same thing Mary asked the angel. How can I produce a child and I don't even know that? And the angel said, the power of the highest will come upon you. The spirit of the Lord and give you the ability to do. So I'm saying that the spirit of the Lord is upon you. And more so, you are born again, and if you have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, then that means if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, potential is in you. No two ways about it, because he's the source of potential. We also read John 15. He said, I am the vine, I'm the source, and you are the branches. So he said, I am the source of you existing, and I give potential. Your ability to function comes from me. He confirmed that. And Jesus was the one speaking in John 15. So I am saying to you, potential is in all of us. And God is depending on us to Implore the right principles, the right systems, the right laws in our lives to give us the result. Otherwise, you're going to be unfulfilled. I've seen so many people who just choose to go around the mountain, 40 years and more, going around the same mountain, and never stop to fix the problem, which is really simple. So I'm saying to you, all those 
international evangelists and musicians and pastors and all of that, people who are having success and testifying about it. God don't love them more than you. All the difference is, is that they choose to put the system that can take them to new levels in their life. And you go choose. It's like study to show yourself approved. You want audience to speak to? You want opportunity to speak? You've got to study. You can't just quarrel that pastor's not giving you an opportunity or this person's not giving you an opportunity to speak. You've got to prepare yourself that when your opportunity comes, you have something to say. You can't just come when your opportunity comes and say, well, you know, I believe the Lord has called me and I'm just waiting for the date and I'm just asking you to pray for me. Pray me up because I mean well in Jesus' name. And pray that your tongue be like a pen of a red right and all that kind of stuff. No. you got to study to show yourself approved unto God. Preparation is key to excellence. Because pretty shortly, nobody wants to hear that from you anymore. So the right principles, the right laws, Right system must be in your life. And I like what happened when that angel Gabriel visited Mary. Because for the potential that is not yet developed, the angel said, even before Mary knew she was conceived, started to speak over that potential, that possibility. Said, he shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest and all that kind of stuff. Just like a, a mother or a couple speak to a child that is still in the womb. That's speaking to the potential. That's speaking to the ability that is there. You're going to serve the Lord. You're going to preach the gospel and all that kind of stuff. You speak to that child from that child is in the womb. And it is the same thing before that potential is even executed. You speak to that potential. Father, I thank you for the gifts and callings that you've placed in my life and that they're going to come to fruition in the fullness of time, even when you don't know them. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ upon my life that I can see. Thank you for your direction on my life in the name of Jesus. I start working on the kingdom system and watch God move you from one level to the next. The last thing that was on my mind and I thought that I would do was preach the gospel. I got saved and I loved God and I knew I was going to continue with the Lord, but that thing about standing up in front of people and preaching the gospel and all that kind of stuff wasn't my thing at all. But guess what? I was busy putting the kingdom structure in my life all the time. Didn't even know that I was developing something in me that God was going to use for his name. I remember the first time somebody said something to me about developing that teaching gift that is in you. I looked around and I said, Are you talking to me? I wasn't sure about that. But this is why it is also important to be around people who are at certain levels in God because. They can see in your life sometimes what you don't see. So remember, potential. Whatever you do naturally, pay attention to that. Right? Don't 
worry about the fan Don't worry about who is on stage and they're clapping them and they're getting all the attention and all that kind of stuff. Don't worry about that. Whatever you do naturally, pay attention to that. That's an indication of your potential, of areas of your potential. And it comes in unusual ways sometimes, you know. And if you find that all you try, you can't stop talking, pay attention to that. If you find that you just naturally connect with people, you have compassion for people, even when a decision is made and you know it's the right decision, your heart, the compassion of your heart still goes out for the person, although they were wrong and all that kind of stuff. Pay attention to that. Whatever you do naturally, whatever you like doing is another indication of your potential. You see, sometimes we get so busy with all the fears of life and all of that, that, believe me, we don't even know what we like doing. Some of you right now are thinking, what do you like doing? So you're not sure, you, you get mixed up with all kinds of other stuff. Then you have to sit back. You say, what do I like doing? It's an indication of your potential. In other words, what brings you joy and fulfillment? What? Talk to your parents, talk to your relatives. You know, what did you do naturally as a child? It's an indication of your potential. Whatever you hate to see, and really desire to correct you is an indication of your potential. And if you get a chance, you will fix that problem of all the things happening in Jamaica. If you were to ever get the opportunity, or in your sphere of influence, where you are, America, wherever, if you get a chance, this is what you will fix. That is an indication of your potential. You see, sometimes we get carried away with what other people love and get religious, you know? My heart is to do mission to reach out to people and to feed them, you know, in Africa. But yet, you're watching the news and see all them starving children walking around and you look at it and say, you know, please pass them a dinner. That's not what they're going to do. You have to be true to yourself. And as I said before, serve, try to serve someone who is fulfilling their potential. Always try to serve someone. God-given potential is not something that can be copied. It's not something that you look at other people and see what they're doing and say, I want to do that. No, it's not something to be copied at all. One of life's most dangerous thing is to have stagnation. It doesn't matter what way you try to explain stagnation. It is just not good for you and for those that are wrong. Stagnation compromise your ability to release what is not supposed to be inside of you. And I don't even have to go into any detailed explanation on that. You know the dangers of not releasing things that are not supposed to stay inside of you. So God didn't create you to keep your potential inside of you. 
he wants you to release those potential. Let me close by saying, potential is sacred. No one can take it from you. You don't have to worry about people as it relates to your potential. Your spouse cannot move on with your potential. They decide they don't want to see you anymore and move on. They can't move with your potential. If someone stopped being your friend, they cannot take your potential with them to sin. So you don't have to worry about people and your potential. Your mission should be to put destructors in your life that will enable you to develop your potential. They sold Joseph in slavery, but they could not take his potential. Potiphar's wife lied on him, but she could not tamper with his potential. They put him in prison, but they couldn't lock down his potential. Moses, leadership was always in Moses. One day he killed an Egyptian because of some things that were happening, and people saw him, and it was the leader in Moses that came out the wrong way that caused them to do that. But leadership was always in the mind. So God had to take him in the desert, train him for some years and all of that, that the leadership would come out the right way. God gave him some sheep to work with for about 40 years in the wilderness, develop his potential. Maybe your potential may come out the wrong way in times past, but that is not an excuse to give up on your potential and not to further develop your potential. Maybe you acted prematurely in some areas because you didn't know better, but that is no excuse not to settle down and put the right structure around your potential right now so that you can become all that God wants you to be. You are a person of potential. You are loaded. You don't even know the extent to which you are loaded this morning as I speak into your life. And God, creation is waiting. The Bible says creation groan and travail, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Your generation, your nation, your people, your family is waiting for the potential that is in you. You have an obligation to deliver. God is dependent on you and your generation is dependent on you. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.